0: Hi, and thanks for joining the Think for Yourself podcast. Today's episode is the audio portion of a webinar conversation that Dr. Manchramani hosted on June 2nd, 2021 with Hakeem Idris and Rushan Abbas. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Okay, Okay, everyone. Well, thank you for joining. I am. uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation I have planned for today. Uh, I'm absolutely thrilled and excited and honored that I have uh, the opportunity to spend some time with Makhim and Rashan to talk about what's happening in uh, East Turkestan uh, slash Xinjiang, depending upon your perspective. Um, And uh, before I do so, before we turn to that conversation, let me just do a quick recap of what we've done in the last five webinars uh, this spring. Sorry, this summer series, excuse me. Um, Last week, I had Bjorn Lomborg who talked about his book False Alarm uh, and how maybe we're reprioritizing or possibly misprioritizing uh, how we spend money for the development of humanity, uh, whether we're spending too much on climate change, perhaps we should spend more on healthcare, education, et cetera, uh, and whether the alarmism around climate change is counterproductive. Uh, a very interesting conversation that replays is available. Uh, before that, I had Grant Williams. Grant is a, a, a storied commentator on financial markets. We talked about inflation, deflation, and what's happening in, in global central banks uh, and sort of what that may mean for the stability of financial markets. Uh, before that, I had Chad Foster, who at the age of 20 went blind. Uh, Chad, uh, really inspirational story and about his book Blind Ambition. Um, before that, Mike Rogers. Uh, Mike is the former chair of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Mike is uh, the former congressman who led the charge globally to help uh, the Five Eyes nations, the US, Canada, UK, Australia, and uh, New Zealand, um, recognize the risks of Chinese technology and 5G equipment, uh, specifically uh, Huawei. Um, And of course, the reason I started this webinar series was to help support the release of my book, Think for Yourself. Uh, Last tidbit before we turn to our conversation today, I do have uh, the next webinar uh, finalized. Uh, I'll be hosting Diane Hessen, who is a member of the Boston Globe editorial board, who's an expert on voter thinking. And so uh, a week and a half, sorry, almost two weeks from now, um, we'll have Diane talking about her forthcoming book, which is not yet released, called Our Common Ground. Uh, She took four years to just listen to American voters to understand what their topics of interest were. Um, And she's a columnist for the Boston Globe as well. So she'll share some of the insights from that. So with that said, as background. Roshan, Hakim, thank you both for joining me. Thank you for having us. (laughs) So uh, for those that don't know, Rushan is the uh, founder and executive director of the Campaign uh, for Uyghurs, and uh, Hakim is the founder and executive director of the Center for Uyghur Studies. So both have been spending a large portion of their professional lives uh, on the topic of the Uyghur genocide. and the Uyghur plight, if you will. Um, so before we get into that, however, uh, I want to provide an opportunity for each of you to describe your own bios. I mean, they're, they're, they're wonderful stories. I've read them both uh, and I've heard from our prior conversations, et cetera. Uh, but Rashawn, maybe we start with you. Did you think you were going to, you know, at the age of two, three, four, did you think you'd be an activist and that you would be doing this with your life? Or how did you get here? Where'd you grow up, et cetera?
1: Um, not at all. I was uh, born and raised in uh, East Turkistan. We call, but uh, the Chinese regime calls the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region as an Uyghur. And Uyghurs are Turkic uh, ethnic group descended from uh, different uh, uh, groups living in Central Asia. And there we call home as East Turkestan. And they are located primarily um, now. If you look at the Geographically, it's uh, western China, north of Tibet, and the west of Mongolia, and also you see a lot uh, large uh, uh, Uyghur population in Central Asia, in Kazakhstan, yeah. and the, uh, in Turkey, and all that. So I was born and raised in Urumqi, which is the capital uh, city, and the, uh, I uh, came to the United States uh, in. Uh, 1989 as a uh, graduate student. And I have been advocate for Uyghur rights since my days at the university when I was uh, back home, when I uh, co-led the uh, pro-democracy movements and protests at the Xinjiang University. As Uyghurs, we were forced into this, uh, facing a constant uh, discrimination and oppression uh, which, you know, led to current active genocide. But after coming to the United States and having my career, I continued to speak and advocate for Uyghurs, but never thought that uh, I would have, um, you know, I, I never have imagined making it my uh, full-time job or starting an organization as a campaign for Uyghurs. Um, I had a life and uh, I had hobbies, and I used to enjoy entertainment. Uh, before this current genocide, uh, even just a several years ago, when people from the, uh, the company that I was working uh, as a business development director, when they asked me if I ever considered to become a full-time advocate, I used to answer, no, I have my profession, uh, which uh, uh, like, uh, you know, provides a comfortable living here in America. Therefore, I will only do my activism as a volunteer Uh, on the side. But however, uh, my sister's abduction by the uh, CCP changed my entire life. And uh, this came uh, because of the recent genocidal policies of the Chinese regime and the concentration camps, which millions of the Uyghurs were herded into, and the forced labor facilities for Uyghur slaves and the other horrors uh, demanded a response.
0: Okay, so we'll come back to that. I want to I give Hakeem an opportunity to introduce himself. And then actually, just because we are uh, all uh, human beings, we have a very heavy topic. I'd love to hear how you guys met, right? Uh, husband and wife team, my first ever husband and wife team on a <laughs> webinar, which is wonderful. <laughs> so, but we'll we'll hear Hakeem's story and then we'll see if Rashawn agrees with how you met.
2: Yes, yeah, so... We met in this uh, Uyghur uh, human rights uh, activism uh, works and uh, uh, she was very active when she uh, studied at the university in, at Urimci. And uh, she is one of the uh, vice president of uh, the Uyghur movement. The president was our uh, World Uyghur Congress President Dolkun Issa, 1988. Uh, they worked in the heart of our country, in Urimchi, in the student movement. And uh, I was, you know, born uh, at the time, uh, nuclear genocide conducted in our country. The Chinese uh, communist regime uh, launched first uh, test 1964 in October, and I was uh, born four years later in this uh, nuclear genocide area. Uh, Without knowing uh, where I was uh, born, there is uh, conducting a genocide. And still after uh, 53 years in the 21st century, there is still ongoing genocide. Without knowing uh, that woman that me brought in the world is alive or not, almost four years right now. And that's the uh, horrible uh, situation uh, for me, because if I uh, knew uh, my mom or my dad or or somebody has passed away, I will be upset. But uh, I would find my peace. At least says, okay, they they are gone. Yeah. But uh, today, uh, if I uh, close my eyes to go to bed to sleep. Uh, that is common. Uh, I can't uh, ignore that. Sure. So uh, that's the, the situation of the thousands and thousands of Uyghurs yep. in diaspora right now. The Chinese Communist regime uh, uh, put more than uh, three million Uyghurs in the concentration camp. Rest of them in the our country in uh living under fear. Uh, to get cut up or in them. And the, the rest of the Uyghurs, uh, we are in diaspora. Uh, we are right now in the concentration camp, like a uh, depression. Everybody, nobody care about the Uyghurs. Yeah. We tried almost four years right now. Uh, okay, we are happy there on there, uh, helping a little bit. But this this scale how this genocide uh, going there, yep. uh, it's, it's uh, uh, unbelievable. I, I, I used to live in Germany more than uh, 18 years. I visited Dachau Auschwitz, and I went there. And the, the difference is between the Nazi, uh, Nazis did to Jewish people on the, what the CCP doing, the Uyghur people, the Nazis kept the records. The CCP destroying every records. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's uh, in, uh, too difficult for yeah. Uyghur people to uh, get with the videos, pictures, names, list like a chindle list. It's very difficult for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Hakeem, I, I want to come back to that. Uh... But let me, let me, on your bio perspective, let me highlight the fact that Hakeem has just written a book uh, recently, which, uh, which I've had the pleasure of completing. And I just finished reading it earlier this week. And it, uh, it pulls together a lot of the thoughts. It's called Menace. Uh, it's available on Amazon. Uh, I will send out a link afterwards for people that want to get it. It's a thoughtful uh, summary of a bunch of different perspectives that Hakeem has pulled together uh, and paints a pretty persuasive story of that. And within the book, Hakim, you do an analogize to the, the Nazi uh, regime's tactics and some of the CCP tactics. So, um, But let me, on a, on a personal bio perspective, did you think you'd be an author? Did okay. you think you, you would be writing a book about this topic? Uh,
2: no. You know, what's happened is uh, my parents uh, sent me to an underground madrasa in our uh, city and hotel yeah. because... Uh, after the Chinese uh, communist regime occupied our country in 1949, they destroyed at the time mosques, burned the copy of Qurans, and they killed a lot of uh, religious people. And uh, then uh, when the 80s came, and as you know, the Soviet Union uh, invited Afghanistan, yep. and the, 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 the Soviet uh, backed up Vietnam, the China... Was between the, uh, the the two from West Vietnam, uh, uh, in the West from uh, Afghanistan, yep. and the East from Vietnam in the cross, and they let us, for we were people a little bit, you know, they tolerated us. We live our uh, life, build yep. our mask, and they learn our religion. So at that time, my parents sent me to Hotan underground madrasa to study. This uh, journey began from there. And, and, that's what, and
0: that's how you, and, and from there, you eventually yes. found your way to Yes, eat, uh, study. Uh, and
2: yeah. I went there and I studied five years. My teacher were, uh, 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 so they were sentenced before and they were jailed more than 20 years. And they brought us, you know, uh, our history, our uh, civilization, culture, religion. And from uh, that madrasa uh, came the way to go abroad to study yep. in Cairo. As, as you know, Al-Azhar University is still for uh, Muslim, is the, uh, very famous in the mass university. And that was uh, our goal. And uh, we came there and we studied there four years. And at the time, and uh, we uh, discussed uh, with our students, uh, colleague, uh, we cannot go back. We, uh, we, 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 we cannot do a little bit for our people if we stay in Muslim country because we know what what the situation are there. So we immigrated to West 1990s and uh, become in Germany and uh, I was one uh, of uh, six, seven uh, first weavers ever come in uh, Europe and in Germany did asylum there and we uh, have some uh, small community there and uh, from that on uh, I studied in Germany as an industrial management and in the work there and uh, but uh, our uh, duty our mission uh, were always uh, with the uh, home what's happening mm-hmm. there yep. how the situation came there yeah uh, as you know uh, the fourth of June is the Uh, Memorial Day of Tiananmen Massacre, 1989. We were very hopeful. Maybe China will get this path, but they didn't get it. That was the turning point for the Western country to see how this Chinese communist regime killed own sons and daughters. If you see that that the students in, in China at that time, and the Tiananmen massacre, there were sons and daughters of Chinese communist member officials from the, around the China. And they killed their own uh, uh, children there. That was the warning sign for, the, for the, uh, all the Western and democratic of war, but they didn't want to see it. Uh, they uh, uh, subsidized the China, built the China's economy, build the China's uh, military, and the today, and the, the, the consequence is there.
0: Yep. 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 No, I appreciate that. Uh, Hakeem, that that background. Uh, Roshan, I think it would be helpful because some people don't have a full appreciation for what is going on right now, um, in East Turkestan. That maybe if you could take just a couple minutes, not a not a long time, but just give us a ground so we can have our conversation about what we might do about it, how it may play out. But just as a level setting uh, ex- uh, sort of background, for those that don't understand what's happening right now, can you give us a, a quick summary?
1: Yes, uh, as we speak, millions of Uyghurs are in the concentration camps or uh, being used as slaves in the uh, Chinese forced labor uh, facilities. And the um, the entire population, all the Uyghurs, not the ones, the innocent Uyghurs in the concentration camps or uh, uh, falsely charged and sent to the uh, prison cells, but even the regular people, you and me, are facing complete surveillance. If anybody has read the book 1984, uh, George Orwell's 1984, that is the reality. And the Uyghur women are also uh, being the, uh, the target here, uh, as many of them are forced to marry Han Chinese men. And the, uh, the Chinese state media released, actually, they sent, a, released a report. Uh, there is like news reports, 1.1 million Han Chinese cadres moved into the Uyghur's homes to supervise their thoughts and actions. With those actions, the Uyghur women are unable to refuse uh, their, you know, sexual requests, and the, uh, if they do, then they call extremists because China is using war on Islam to uh, conduct genocide against the, the Uyghur people. Um, over 880,000 Uyghur children are forcibly taken to state-run orphanages, and the uh, victims of the camps who have come forward to speak about this genocide and also other systematic sexual abuses of rape and the other abuses are targeted by the Chinese regime. And all these are because of their ethnic and the religious identities, the Uyghur people with ethnic and religious identities. And the CCP decided to label the Uyghurs as enemies of the state who must be destroyed, who must be eradicated. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, with that, the current active genocide is happening. And yeah. uh, how can we treat this regime as a legitimate uh, state actor when uh, uh, they are yeah. bringing back the slavery, normalizing the slavery, and the concentration camps, and the uh, making the women's body as a battlefield, uh, waging a war uh, on religion, on ethnicity, and even you know with those uh, distinct uh, thought and the culture uh, are being targeted the Uyghur. Intellectuals, uh, figures like uh, the university presidents, professors, mm-hmm. um, writers, famous poets, and the athletes—everybody is being targeted. And we have a, a, a young lady working with us as campaign for Uyghurs, Akida Pulat. Her mother, Dr. Raila Dawood, who is a, a, a noun scholar who educated in in the United States, she disappeared. And the uh, doctor, uh, I, I mean, uh, another uh, you know, intellectual Yalpon Rosi, and his son is also with us at Campaign for Uyghurs. He was a famous writer. He was sentenced uh, very harshly. Yeah. And the, uh, okay. um, you know, what frustrates me is, I may have another chance to talk about this, but uh, when a, a, a government conducting active genocide, running concentration camps, normalizing modern day slavery and the uh, uh, crimes against humanity is getting rewarded uh, by the Western uh, companies and the uh, International Olympic Committee being complicit, rewarding China with hosting the Olympics. We can yes. come to that in a little bit yeah, let, Let's now. come
0: back to that. Uh, Rashad, the one yeah. thing I would ask is you know, even from Hakeem's story and, and yours, this has been going on for a while in different ways. Why is it that recently we're hearing more about this? Why is it, has there been an acceleration? Has there been some change in either global dynamics uh, or, or something that has made this more pressing or has accelerated the, the sort of endeavor? Or am I wrong to think that it's become more uh, uh, visible?
1: Yeah, ever since the occupation in 1949, the communist regime has been uh, uh, trying to destroy the Uyghur culture and ethnicity and religion and under the different labels. Um, so I can answer your question in three different ways. So one is the Islamophobia and the war on terror uh, after the 9-11 tragedy in the United States. Because we are Muslim, they try to just uh, use that oh, as well. an opportunity to uh, eradicate the the Uyghur people and calling everybody there, you know, radicalized Muslims. um, When, like, when there's every single normal practice like uh, praying or fasting, everything is being outlawed and anybody who practice normal religion is being targeted as Islamic extremists. That's one reason. Secondly, the uh, Chinese uh, government. Um, well, let me go back a little bit. In 2013, Xi Jinping announced the Belt and Road Initiative, and the Belt and Road Initiative is uh, the Chinese regime's signature plan for the world domination. And the uh, Alchemist book highlights that a lot, and he can talk about this. In you know, he can elaborate more. But um, that Belt and Road Initiative. Put our homeland, East Turkestan, as the epicenter of this plan, and we are the landowners. We are the original people in that home, in East Turkestan. So, the Chinese government is seeing Uyghurs as the obstacle for their Chinese dream. Uh, you know, Xi Jinping's dream. So that is the second reason. Thirdly. Um, Yes, like I mentioned earlier, they have been trying to uh, destroy Uyghurs for years. But the, economically, they were not strong, and now um, using the trade threats, using the debt trap diplomacy, and the power of the Belt and Road Initiative, and the uh, uh, manipulation in United Nations as the second largest uh, donor, they think that they can get away with all that. And they are, they are getting away with it because uh, uh, many Western scholars even uh, defending the Chinese regime uh, genocidal policies. There are three sets of leaked documents that's actually the Chinese government's own documents talks about the details of this genocidal crimes. And the, uh, on that they state actually clearly uh, when they conduct those uh, genocidal uh, policies toward the Uyghurs, the West will cry or complain and say uh, they are violating human rights. And the, the Beijing instructed, go on with what we are doing, you know, just ignore it and go on with this uh, genocidal policies.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of topics that you raised there, and I want to make sure we get a chance to do it. But but Hakim, I think one thing that is important that Rashan just raised is the Belt and Road Initiative. And for those that on this call may not be Completely familiar with it. It is China's attempt to to uh, basically rebuild the Silk Road from Beijing to the Middle East, up to a, up to Europe, down into Africa, through Southeast Asia. It's a grand uh, development strategy that will create future markets, presumably, for Chinese goods and services uh, traded, it presumably, in Chinese currency uh, and exert Chinese influence in these markets and geographies. Um, the signature programs really go from Beijing through Western China uh, into Central Asia down into the Middle East. Um, And so Hakeem, has this Belt and Road Initiative and sort of the acceleration of that, or sort of the announcement and sort of progress of that impacted the reason we're feeling so dramatically this change in what's happening uh, with, with the Uyghurs? Of course, you know, there's
2: uh, 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 many uh, aspects, but uh, if you look at the Chinese education system, uh, they uh, put very racism uh, ideology, nationalistic racism ideology in Chinese education system. They call them Chinese communist regime, but there are Han nationalist racism uh, education system and uh, uh, we are a uh, Uyghur. Uh, we have another uh, different uh, face, different uh, language, different uh, history. Yep. So uh, that they, they, they can't, uh, cannot, as tolerate it there. as everybody knows, China has 1.4 billion uh, population. Yep. As Chinese uh, telling you know, uh, between 12 to 15 million. Uh, Estriks, people of East what we says, more than uh, 20 million people. But this, uh, the, the, this uh, shows, you know, they didn't let us live there. They want to uh, uh, destroy us. And they put the whole East as a mega human laboratory test area. They testing their nuclear uh, uh, power. They testing their virus. We lost, 1980s, a lot of people from my area, Hotan and the Karakash uh, 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 was killed by the lung disease. And, okay. and, and then, 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 you know, the, the, the cancer rate in East Turkestan is so high, still we get every day, you know, somebody in 50s, 40s, uh, they're dying. And, and, and then the China, you know, put what, what they did to us, stay not there. If you, uh, that, that was my, my intention because yep. uh, I studied the Islamic history and the culture, and the whole Muslim world uh, was never prepared in the past into today the danger from East. Yep. They're always, you know, saying from West. From the They're west, saying, yes. you know, that the, 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 the occupation, colonization come with tanks, with rockets, and this. this. Oh. But this Chinese colonization or occupation of those countries. It's different, it's a new, new colonization. They yep. came, you know, with the money. They, they uh, control your wisdom, your knowledge, uh, uh, your power, your economy. Then they choose who will be, you know, teacher at the university. They choose who will be editor on the newspaper. And if, if you are not agree with them, you want to get a job. You can see that right now. In in Pakistan, in Pakistan, uh, the the last two, three, two, four days, you know, there was an article: Pakistani power uh, uh, industry cannot pay the debt to China. Yeah. And that the the day maybe that the Chinese will take over whole Pakistani power industry.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Hakim, so this is an interesting question because, as someone from the outside observing. I noticed the Belt and Road Initiative goes through lots of Muslim uh, Islamic nations, right? Uh, The Islamic Republic of of Pakistan, it's, uh, you know, it goes in other places. And, you know, if I was playing devil's advocate, it's helping some economies, right? There is some developmental activity. Maybe there's a debt trap, and I agree, there's a backlash. But, you know, it does seem like there's a lot of developmental activity going forth here. And... From what I can see, the Chinese are also developing reasonably positive, at least in the press, relationships with Iran, with Saudi Arabia, with others. So how do I make sense of this?
2: So it's, you know, uh, it's uh, uh, very difficult uh, to, 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 to the world to understand what uh, China's really aim is. You know, in the past, you know, for example, when the Nazi Germany conducted war there was a group, you know, saying we destroyed the UK. We destroyed that, that, that. But uh, today, the Chinese propagandists talking about in the name of mankind, of the humanity, and the win-win situation, connecting the culture. But reality is that what's happened to us will happen the rest of the world. They come to us, you know, says, saying we will help you. We will let you live in the peace and we will development your area that 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 you know and we can see right now uh how the how the how the world uh, under under chinese communist control look likes in our country East Turkestan. if you look like there that will be be, be the same and in an islamic country you know that there's a 99% the press uh, media controlled by the governments and maybe 1% uh, is uh, seems like independent, but they, their aim is to make a money. Whole media uh, are in Chinese pocket. I'm looking every day, uh, for example, in Egypt, there is a, an Akbar a news uh, a paper. There is a three, four pages, uh, just news from China, China paying it. Chinese central uh, radio and television uh, networks putting there, their news. The, the the normal uh, 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 citizen in Africa or in Islamic country in Egypt, Iran or Turkey, they don't have the luxury to get real, real information about it. Those yep. contract, if you look, those contract that China, uh, for example, recently China closed uh, almost four hundred billion contract with the Iranian uh, governments. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, the first fr- first closure for this contract is keep secret from everybody, from Iranian people, from Iranian parliament. That's the, that's the condition what the Chinese are doing with those government, those contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot get it. You cannot get it. Yep. Why is secret?
0: Yeah. Okay, fair point, Hakeem. I, I understand some media can be biased. I, uh, and I think you're right that there's business model problems and there's information control. Uh, Rashad, let me let me turn the question to you this way. And I'll ask it in, in a way that I think um, allows you to, to answer however you wish, but why is it that you find yourself in the US and 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 what is it you're trying to accomplish in the US with Campaign for Uyghurs?
1: Um, I came to United States as a student because of my uh, involvement for those two uh, pro-democracy protests. My, Basically, I I couldn't get a job there. Also, I graduated from the top university as the second, uh, the top student from the biology department. Um, So I came to the United States in 1989, three weeks prior to Yemen Square Massacre. Um, As we are commemorating in a a couple of days, as uh, my husband, uh, Hawking just mentioned earlier, Uh, the Chinese regime killed their own students. So when I came to the United States, I advocated for Uyghur people's human rights and they uh, did that as much as I can. But uh, we found campaign for Uyghurs in the end of 2017 when the concentration camps uh, were being built and back then we heard more than a million Uyghurs Disappeared to those uh, concentration camps, but the international community was silent. Uh, the journalists were not being able to have uh, unfettered access; uh, they are being controlled. And there are many reports from uh, different uh, brave journalists uh, being pushed around, and being yelled, and being you know sent away when uh, they're supposed to. Drive, you know, all of a sudden the road got the uh, construction going on. The police are following them, so all that. So we established campaign for Uyghurs to raise awareness, working with grassroots organizations, and also same time empower um, the youth and the women to become activists to speak uh, about this uh, unprecedented atrocity of the century. Mm -hmm. and stop this genocide. I am looking at this uh, one person in the room right now, listening to us. Uh, His name is uh, Jürgen Kurt, Kurt, something like that. Sorry if I butchered your name, but uh, are you an Uyghur? Let me ask you this first. If you are not an Uyghur, if you are a foreigner, of course you will receive a red carpet treatment when you travel to our homeland. But it's quite privileged to argue With my personal experience as an Uyghur person from your short-term visit, what a privileged thing to argue with uh, an Uyghur person as a lived experience while you have gone through those orchestrated tours to make CCP's propaganda. What you just typed there are all the uh, Beijing's talking points. Yeah. I speak here, my husband speak here with our personal experiences. Let yeah. me tell you this, listen to me, please. Listen what I have to say here. My sister, Dr. Gulshan Abbas, you can Google her name. She is a retired Uyghur medical doctor. She's going to turn 59 in another 10 days. June 12th is her birthday. And this is going to be her third birthday that she is spending away from families, away from hearing any kind of uh, comfort or voice of her two daughters and three granddaughters, while we have no idea where she is, and she is not a political person, had always served society well in her profession as a doctor. Can you imagine that? That person you are sitting there talking about happy Uyghurs and the, from your tour. That's really nice that you got to see that, but you are being uh, served by the Chinese regime to say that, to spread China's propaganda. In September of 2018, my sister disappeared from her home in Urumqi. Six days after, I talked on a panel at, the, at one of the think tanks in Washington, DC where I spoke about the conditions of the camps and the, the uh, genocide committed by the Chinese Communist Party against the Uyghurs, also outlining the entire family members of my husband, outlining the fate of my in laws who had all disappeared since April 2017 from Hotan. Have you been to Hotan, Sir Kurtz? Six days after this panel, my sister and my maternal aunt both disappeared from two cities, from Rumchi and from Atush. Have you heard of that town? Do you know how far they are from each other? They are about 1,400 kilometers from each other. These two women disappeared on the September 11th, 2018 from these two places. 1,400 kilometers away from each other. That's over 900 miles, exact on the same day.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So when I spoke about uh, Gulshan's disappearance, I was accused by the Chinese state uh, media of stealing someone else's photo and the fabricating and the lying about missing relative. Yep. Just like what you are accusing me here. Later, after our family received independent information last Christmas, just six months ago, my sister has been prison, uh, sentenced to prison under false charges. Then the Chinese foreign ministry acknowledged her, naming her, saying that Gulshan Abbas was sentenced. Yep. That was the uh, yeah. MFA press conference.
0: So yeah. So so think about it, what you are doing. Yeah. So let's let's do this. Let's let's not worry about the chat. I'll monitor. Um I'd rather let me uh I'll control whose questions we should pay attention to, but I appreciate you addressing that. Uh in fact, since you've raised your sister, uh maybe you can tell us about there's a there's a documentary that'll be coming out soon. Um, you know, in search of my sister, which uh I believe uh will be available soon. And I and I am hopeful that you'll enable me to, to host a screening of it or, or do something to help us uh, spread you. the word. Um, but yes. please tell us a little bit, give us an advanced taste of what this documentary is about and some of the stories it might share, etc. cetera. And uh, again, I'll watch the, the Q&A and I'll watch the chat. Don't worry about it.
1: Um, the reason I decide to address that is because uh, the Chinese uh, trolls are using the, the, the freedom, we have in this country and the social media platforms and the Twitters and this uh, facebook and the reddit uh, they're attacking and they're trying to dehumanize us and they're trying to shut us down so uh, you know i don't i don't mind seeing that from the chinese trolls but when i see um, a white person using privilege to say that in the uh, you know session like that, so I thought I will just yeah, answer. But uh, the uh, documentary is, uh, uh, the name of the documentary is In Search of My Sister. If you Google that, you will see the trailer, In Search of My Sister uh, trailer. Um, a uh, very brave uh, Canadian filmmaker, um, he gone through a lot of troubles following um, me and my husband's uh, advocacy journey uh, traveling around more than a dozen countries, and also interviewing uh, many of the the Uyghur leaders and the uh, the Uyghur activists, and also uh, the witnesses, the victims who has been uh, uh, released from the camps because of uh, their foreign citizenships, and the uh, a lot of uh, Western uh, scholars, uh, experts. Um, so it's. Uh, you know, it, it has a lot of information about the history of the Uyghurs, history of East Turkestan, um, and why this genocide is happening. Um, basically, it is a really uh, eye-watching, very informative uh, uh, documentary that I'm looking forward to your hosting.
0: Yeah, and Rashan, when does it come out? It'll come out soon?
1: Yes, actually, it's ready right now. And the uh, uh, we actually, the director, is uh, scheduling some uh, licensed uh, uh, previewing. Uh, Because of this uh, pandemic, um, a lot of festivals are still not open in person yet, so.
0: Yeah, Okay. so I want to take a pause and ask a fun question that I ask all of my webinar guests, um, which is, do you have a favorite movie or a favorite book? Of course, the favorite movie will be In Search of My Sister. We know this, but let's just find <laughs> maybe something just a fun movie or a fun novel or a book that you might have enjoyed. So, um, you know, I, I would love to hear Rashaan and then Hakeem, if you have a favorite book or a movie you would like to recommend, we'd love to hear about it. And then we'll go back to the yeah. conversation.
1: My my favorite book is, uh, and I have read a lot of uh, uh, English books, but uh, un- unfortunately, um, my favorite book is still in Uyghur, um, yep. uh, written by um, atrim Utkur. The name of the book is "Is," which is a "Trace," and okay. uh, that has been my uh, favorite book for all time. I wish uh, there is an English translation of it. But my favorite movie is uh, Mel Gibson's uh, Braveheart.
0: Braveheart, uh, perfect. <laughs> yes, I don't know
1: how many times I watched that, and I still, uh, you know, love to watch it. Um, I probably watched more than uh, 50 or 100 times. That's my favorite movie all times.
0: Yep, yep. And then Hakeem, do you have a favorite movie or miniseries maybe even if it's not?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh,
2: Movie will be, uh, I stay by the uh, search of my sister uh, because it's a personal. By the book, uh, uh, I inspired by the long walk for freedom by Nelson Mandela. Say it again long walk for freedom. Yeah. It's a Nelson Mandela's Mandela's uh, biography. Yep. And uh, how he uh, sat in this uh, prison. Yeah. And uh, never lost his uh, hope. And uh, uh, that inspired me a lot.
0: Okay, great. No, it's a good book. I agree. Uh, So we have a couple of questions coming in. I want to come to those. Uh, One of them actually... uh, um, which I think is, is is right on topic, which is what we wanna address here is, what could the international community do? I mean, sort of in your ideal world, what could be done? And Roshan, I think this comes back to your question about, or your topic that you raised about the Olympics, maybe in the short run, something can be done there. Uh, what, what would you like to see? Again, I was sort of asking the question of, you set up campaign for Uyghurs, and yes, you're getting advocacy and, and sharing ideas and making sure you're, telling people so there's awareness, but what else can be done? Uh, What is even possible?
1: Yes, thank you so much. Um, That is a great question, thanks for asking that. Uh, Xi Jinping is determined to use China's current status in the world to pull the entire globe back to a more uh, technologically enabled version of past uh, fascist regimes. The Chinese Communist Party is waging a war on intellectualism, waging a war on religion and any independent thought. Uh, So the uh, Chinese Communist Party has not kept its uh, tyranny confined to its own perceived borders. Um, The regime has been expanding its uh, authoritarian model across the globe. So it's even attempting to control the dialogue at the foreign universities and use uses economic power to uh, strong arm those uh, it uh, perceives as weak. Therefore, to act today, to stop China, to stop Beijing government is not only helping the Uyghurs, but also save the future of this democratic free world. So there is a few ways that uh, you can help. One is uh, legislation. We need to use the uh, only tool that the Chinese regime cares about, money. Uh, We must stop doing business and the supporting uh, genocidal regime. Uh, We should not be supporting a genocidal regime. So we should stop doing business. And so many of our Western uh, corporations are profiting off of Uyghur slave labor in the modern age. This is why legislation like the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act is so important. And we also have important legislation like the Uyghur SOS bill being introduced as well to uh, recognize the genocide and to provide a tangible steps and the support from uh, US administration, particularly to the uh, women who have faced horrific abuses uh, at the hands of the Chinese regime. It's uh, very simple for each of us to communicate with our elected uh, officials on these issues and the, uh, you know, ask uh, your uh, elected officials, your representatives, to support those and also educate others and raise awareness. So uh, what you are doing here, hosting us today, give us this opportunity to speak. Um, This is very important. And it remains the case that uh, many people worldwide are completely unaware of the uh, realities of what's happening to the Uyghurs. Everyone can help to educate those around them and to spur them to action, whether it be participating in a consumer boycotts of brands or calling elected officials or students in particular have a strong role to play in raising this on their campuses and asking universities to divest from China mm-hmm. and the Olympics. It's horrifying to see that a genocidal regime is hosting the 2022 Winter Olympics. It is a repeat of the uh, Beijing Olympics opened by Hitler, and it uh, shows that we have uh, learned nothing about the true nature of the uh, CCP. If we affirm that, uh, you know, uh, affirm was with, uh, with the, uh, Olympics. There should be a diplomatic boycott from all nations of conscience. And additionally, we also call on athletes to raise their voices and demand that uh, they uh, be shown the respect they deserve by not being forced to attend uh, the games in a country run uh, by an international criminal organization, basically, which is the uh, CCP is. You know, This is a terrible position for them, for the athletes, uh, to have to choose between affirming genocide and losing such an important moment in their career. But we must remember Uyghurs, Tibetans, Southern Mongolians, Hong Kongers, Chinese dissidents, Christians, and many others are losing their lives, basically. Yeah. and their human dignity. Um, the conscience of the world, the conscience of the humanity is at test here. So let's not fail it. And also um, uh, you can uh, donate to organizations like a Campaign for Uyghurs. Um, so our organizations, you know, we are working with very limited resources to take on uh, a foe as mighty as the uh, CCP which is spending millions and the billions of dollars on the false propaganda and disinformation against us so we always appreciate support so we can continue to share our message and empower others to do the same and the, uh, there are some recommended resources uh, oh good because we have, a, we, have we have we have some
0: we have some questions, Rashawn, about re- recommended resource. Where do we find out? How do we know which companies? So, by the way, I'll answer part of that question. In Hakeem's book, uh, he references, uh, it's an ASPI report. The Australian Strategic Policy Institute has a couple of reports out. One is "Weakers for Sale. Another one uh, is Cultural Erasure, uh, where it highlights the issues. In one of them, they list companies. They go down the list and they suggest, here are companies. Uh, I forget which one. It might be Uyghurs for sale. I forget, but uh, Hakeem can point us in that direction of which, which, uh, yes. which reports. But there are lists of companies, et cetera. So that's a resource. The, the Campaign for Uyghurs website has resources, et cetera. So sorry, I wanted—I didn't mean to interrupt, John. But but I do think uh, there are some resources so people can see some look-through information. Um, and yeah. uh, it looks like even uh, Julie put some stuff of information there. Yes. Uh, so we'll um, you know we'll, we'll definitely spread these links as well. But I have another question that came in, uh, which I think is pretty interesting, which is how do you think the Chinese Communist Party uh, will treat Western peoples if it succeeds in spreading this empire? How will they treat Americans if the USA fails to defend its interests and importantly, its values?
1: We don't have that much time. So I'm going to answer with just one line. Look at us, (laughs) look at the Uyghur people today and the picture, your future. If we don't stop this right now, what we are facing today with our ethnic identity, with our religion, with our uh, uh, independent uh, thought, we are being targeted. Anybody who's different, carry different ideology than the Chinese Communist Party will be targeted. There will not be any kind of rights to exercise anything, not religious rights, not freedom of expression, nothing. So look at Hong Kong. Hong Kong supposed to stay the same before it went back to China for hundred years, not even 25 years. They are implementing everything that they are doing to Uyghurs and the Tibetans. So just a picture, the Uyghurs that look at the Tibetans, look at the Southern Mongolia, look at Hong Kong today and the picture, what America or Americans or any free world, you know, free democratic Western world is going to be in the future if we don't stop this right now.
0: Yeah, so Hakim, you, you wrote this book. Um, we have we have yes. probably five or seven minutes left so let me let me use this mm-hmm. opportunity uh, it lays out a case so let me ask the question this way why did you write this book you wrote this book because you wanted people to see the world differently and it might be an opportunity to answer the same question that I just asked um, uh, Rushan, which is you know what how does this world play out yes. how, what happens yeah like roll the clock forward five, 10, 15 mm-hmm. years if we don't if if nothing changes, what is the world you see?
2: Yes, Uh, why uh, uh, we uh, uh, did this job, what we did, and I wrote this book, because we as a Uyghur people have experience from um, Chinese colonization, genocidal politician, how they dominated our life. We have first uh, lived experience I want to share this experience with the world, especially with the Muslim world, because the Muslim world is on the line. Before, Before the Chinese communist regime take over or dominate the world, they will take over Islamic world. Right now, to take over the Islamic world, they have take all Central Asia. If you look in Central Asia, there is a two type of population. One are Turkic population, one are Persian or Tajik population. Iran is speaking uh, Persian, Turkey is speaking Turkic language. So the China tech, uh, has tried to take Turkey and the Iran, so they can go from Fergana Wali and the tech whole Central Asia. If the Chinese CCP can take over Central Asia, they will take all the Muslim country. And the China's right now, uh, you asked before, what the stake uh, for the Western country? China right now, reinventing modern slavery. If you look the forced labor in the public and around the China, they are bringing people from the jail. If the jail are, are empties, they bring people to jail. From the jail to fabric, this system will go, not stay in our country, in this They will go around the world. Right now, the Chinese paying some African uh, workers in the, some in African countries in the fabric uh, wages. In few years, they will uh, corrupt the op- official there, telling them bring people from the jail. You don't have to pay for them. And that will around, the, this is the, the, uh, the say. Uh, another uh, issue is uh, this this uh, genocide, this Uyghur genocide happening right now in 20th century. It's not uh, what's happening in our country. It's not the Uyghur problem or a Turkestan problem. It's whole humanity problem. It's all uh, uh, people's problem, everybody's problem. The people believing in religion, the people believing in freedom, the people are believing in the dignity, their problem. Because when, 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 when the Chinese communist regime succeed in their aims, we lose everything. And uh, uh, as, 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 as they says, you know, right now, uh, 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 you are a professor on the Harvard University. I, I think, you know, the people, the academics should pay attention in the Chinese education system about the racism, racism, nationalistic racism. This is very dangerous. If a, a state or a, a system uh, uh, conducted a nationalistic, and in the past we saw in Nazi Germany everywhere. Look what the Xi Jinping says, one nation, one nationality. Everybody must speak Han Chinese, look like a Han Chinese, dress like, like Han Chinese, Dream like a Han Chinese. There is that's the the, 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 uh, the, the dream. If this the dream is uh, come true, and that the, the world has a lot to lose it, and yeah. everybody everybody should uh, pay attention. I, I I I'm not saying you know uh, everything is in this book, but this book gives sure. some some information yeah. from first hand experience. This knowledge because. We, as a not a Han nationalistic or not a, not a, not a, belong to China, we have this experience thousand years experience with China, yeah. And then maybe that they will they will, uh, before they take the tech uh, world, they will erase the Uyghur people, uh, because the Uyghur people can you know warn another people, maybe that's another intention from them, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, we have obligation. Advocate on the for our people, other people, my family, and the same time I have application by by my human being, my religious people, and warning them what's uh, come to them.
0: Yeah. So a lot more questions coming, as you might imagine. <laughs> you can see questions, uh, you know, why have leaders in the world's leading Islamic countries not shown more solidarity with the Uyghurs? Uh, you know, what is a possible solution to state solutions? How do we do this? What's the path forward, etc. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have a lot of time to get to these questions, but maybe if you want to take a quick attempt, uh, even Rashan, just very brief, if you don't mind, so we can try to wrap up, um, you know, the Islamic countries, uh, leading Islamic countries, I mean, why not more blunt support?
1: Well, uh, the uh, Muslim uh, community and Islamic countries are being a victim of uh, two things right now. One is China's disinformation. While China is waging war on Islam, while Beijing is destroying the Uyghur's mosques and even graveyards, they are building the second largest mosque in Nigeria. They are investing tons of money in Islamic countries. They are, uh, r- while they cannot even Uyghurs to say salam alaykum, they cannot practice normal religion in our homeland. They are organizing the Islamic conference in Malaysia. So it's the uh, hypocrisy and the uh, the false propaganda and the disinformation that the Muslims are being the victims of. Secondly, the money. Yeah, money. Uh, Let me ask this question, why all these Hollywood celebrities uh, are so uh, vocal against any kind of uh, social injustice? Now, uh, why are they all quiet? Well, the perpetrator has the money and the power. So the Islamic organization, the Corporation for Islamic Organization, which is a head organization for uh, 57 Muslim majority states, uh, they did release a statement criticizing China when all this came up like uh, two, three years ago. Um, but just a few weeks later, 20 people delegation from Beijing took bags and bags of money, went to Abu Dhabi and they threatened them uh, or you know, pressured them or whatever they did there. They got the resolution passed. Something like this never happened in the uh, Organization of Islamic Corporations history that they passed a resolution about one country's internal uh, policy so called you know the china try to say this is china's internal policy but they are asking other countries to get involved well genocide in reality is not internal policy genocide is about humanity let me just finish by saying you know we must let our collective responsibility as the citizens of the world They inspire us to take a collective action. We must break the hold of this evil on our world and uh, treat the Uyghurs uh, not as the people that we have never heard of or uh, separated us from borders or living thousands of miles away, but please treat the Uyghurs as your brothers and sisters in humanity. We must use our voices to cry out to the entire world, educate them, activate and the demand change. You know, the world is failing the Uyghurs today, but I hope we will not fail to save the future of this beautiful free democratic world. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Roshan, Uh, and and, Hakeem, thank you. Thank you for writing the book and pulling your thoughts together. And I'm gonna just summarize. I, uh, rather than me try to wrap up, I think one of the comments received in the chat summarizes it best. Thank you for your bravery. Uh, thank you for speaking up. Thank you for warning the free world that this darkness may be coming upon us. Um, And so I think that's uh, a perspective. I think, you know, obviously there will always be people with different perspectives, and I think we should encourage and respect and and evaluate other perspectives. Uh, But, uh, you know, at the same time, we can't close our eyes uh, to, to, to different perspectives. So um so thank you Rashaan thank you Hakim thank, thank you for your time nice. thank you for sharing your 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 insights your wisdom your stories your personal stories uh very uh, heartfelt personal stories and um uh, and uh I look forward to keeping in touch and 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 helping however I can so thank, thank you. you thank you so much all right
1: thank you thanks
0: everybody for listening and we'll get uh, an organized replay of this at some point thanks
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Think for Yourself podcast.
0: And please do subscribe to the podcast series on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify.